And welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hi, friends. <laughs> Emily Grayshon. What's poppin'? All right. So uh, this episode is actually just a lesson in, uh, in improvising uh, and, and things never really going the way that you plan them, but still kind of making it work. Um, so as you guys might have read in the, the title, we're saying farewell to one of our hosts. I know. I know. They're making sad faces because they don't have microphones and don't know how to express it. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm very excited, um, to talk to you a little bit about this. And I'm also going to be improvising because that is something I don't do. And it's something Amanda loves to do. And, uh, it drives me nuts because she's so good at it and always makes it work. <laughs> so, uh, uh, just tell us a little bit about your uh, recent decision. Um, all right. So I've been kind of off and on doing this show with Zane since the beginning. Um, and I've loved being on the show with Malik also. And that's kind of what makes things tough is that I've really enjoyed being part of it. But I started to realize that it was something I didn't really have all the time and energy for, but I didn't want to let down my friends. So I wasn't being honest about where I was at and uh, how much I had on my plate. So when you do stuff like that, you think that you're being nice by not telling people you can't do something, but you're actually doing yourself a disservice and you're not, you're not really cultivating like a healthy relationship as far as boundaries go with people. And I know that Zane and Malik are awesome people that have always been very like wonderful and respectful and have also um, been through some tough shit uh, with me and like my past relationship. You both were there during a big blowout and it was really nice to have good friends around and go for a walk in the park and just be like, what the fuck? Like y'all have always been people that I can be open with and honest with. So um, I just kind of had to say, hey, I can't really give any more to this project. I know that Zane was asking for more help with it because it is a lot of work. Um, and I kept being like, yeah, I'll help. And then being flaky because I didn't want to say anything. And then that's not helpful. And then things aren't getting done. And then I feel bad. And then you fall in this pit of being a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but you're scared to say anything. So, yeah, you're in your shit pit, uh, being a piece of shit in your shit pit. And uh, <laughs> not very fun. So, yeah, I just kind of had to be honest that I don't think I have the energy to give this project what it deserves because Zane has put so much work into it and so has Malik and I've put in as much as I could uh, when I did and then I kind of just had to be honest that, like, hey, I can't give any more of myself to anything that I'm not like 100% in right now. Yeah. It's because she got a new boyfriend. No, I'm kidding. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that it's it's really it's really hard to like be someone who is a naturally like helpful individual, someone that likes to do things creatively with your friends. And then when the opportunity arises, of course we're like, oh well, yeah, I'll help out. And that's like the good friend thing to do is to like help our friends. And then also at the same time, taking a step back to be like, can I actually do this how uh, it needs to be done? That's also being a good friend. So it, it must have been difficult to try to like find the balance of like being a good friend and being a good friend also. Um, mm -hmm. So kudos to you for like finding some balance with that and making a decision that works for you. Thanks. Yeah, it's definitely not um, not easy. I don't have like a very good uh, history with stuff like that. Like even jobs, I'll just kind of like quiet quit what the kids are saying <laughs> but like just slowly stop giving a shit or stop showing up or stop helping as much because I just feel like I'm not getting 
what I want out of that thing, but I'm not being honest either, and that's not fair. So it's like a pattern of behavior that I have to recognize, like, hey, uh, this is stressing me out instead of bringing me joy. Is that because I have things going on in my life I need to focus on so I can have joy with this? Or is it like no matter what I'm doing, I still feel like I'm there's something missing I'm not giving to myself. I can't really get from anywhere else except for like I need to focus on what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. And it's also it's also good to like quit while you're ahead, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if, if there's any type of discomfort or any type of like stress that isn't working – it's best to like take a step back from that before it becomes something that's uh, just a complete like like fuck this like I don't even want to go today like I'm sick of this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I I think that like I I appreciate you being honest when you were you know because it's to me it's it's really it, it's never important if somebody's doing something. It's always important if somebody's. Uh, honest about whether they can show up for something. Um, So that's why I've, I've just appreciated your honesty on the times that you have done this show that you have been like, Hey, this is something I can show up for. And when the second that it wasn't, you're like, Hey, like I have to be honest with you and, and say that this isn't something that I have space for. Um, I have a question for both of you because I mentioned the quiet quitting and how that's kind of when I'm overwhelmed, I back out of shit mm. <laughs> like a coward. <laughs> um, what, what do you guys think that your like uh, responses to something? Do you get like fully immersed in it to try and be like, well, I'll just put everything into it. Do you like stop doing it? I don't know. Do you ghost? Like what's your tactic? Mm. I guess I'm curious. I will act like I have it together until I don't recognize that I don't panic pretend like i'm not panicking (laughs) double down panic more and then when i get kicked out then i'm like well i know why (laughs) (laughs) did not keep it together (laughs) i panicked (laughs) um yeah i i my i guess reaction to like stress is to is to shut down like there were multiple times uh during this episode during the course of this show and amanda and i's time together that i've just kind of wanted to like turn it off and uh that's something that i do want to say that like i've really appreciated is that like um at those times that you were you were compassionate to like understand that like it was something that i was i wanted to do no i may not have been in this exact space that i wanted to be to do it um but you realize that like it is a part of me that i want to do and i will feel better after doing it um so i'm i'm just yeah eternally grateful that you've you've uh, just been encouraging in that way because it's like yeah i being able to see where somebody um tends to let themselves down and then be able to, to assist them in that way. And Malik, you've been the same way. Like you've seen me on, I have bipolar y'all. All All right. I, you, you see the pew pew, but there's also a pew pew. Uh, and it's much more, uh, not as fun. Um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for just being, um, just a compassionate friend in that aspect. Oh, well, thank you. I think it's important. We learned a lot, a lot today, uh, which is how we were going to record this episode. Um, I almost backed out today because I had a busy day. And instead, like we just made it work improvising and we got to hang out, which is something that I genuinely miss from when we used to record at my apartment. Um, you guys would come over and we would be there like all day, like take our time, I'd try and get the guests out of there. But then we would just like have dinner. You guys would freestyle. We'd watch movies. I remember one day we just watched like Netflix all fucking night. It was super fun. So um, this was a nice little like slice of that, even though it was very chaotic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not any of us planned, and we almost didn't do it. Just like, fuck it. We're going to make this fucking happen. Almost out of spite at this point. <laughs> and, and I have to say, too, like, we were 
this close, <laughs> as close as you could possibly be to doing something. Um, and we were about to all decide to quit. And then um, a friend of mine offered a perspective that was really helpful for all of us. Um, a conversation that them and I had had just one-on-one, which is like sometimes we actually tell ourselves that the thing that we really want and need to do is actually not what we want to do when we want to go home instead or we want to quit or we want to leave. Um, and nine times, well, a lot of times, it's almost like a defense mechanism against trying because trying hurts. And when you try and it doesn't work, like it's like a stab in your side. Um, so I'm really proud of us for for pulling through and uh, making it here today, and I'm really happy to to have y'all in this space. Yeah. This is a, we're in the, we in the belly of the beast right now, just so y'all know. This is my studio where I'll be making my music and my videos. Um, I'm super to have my friends here. Super happy to have my friends here. Yeah, this has been fun as fuck. Yeah, and I think what's the the best part about this is that like we're literally sitting on the floor with <laughs> microphones again. Like we didn't have video for a while, and that's because you didn't want to see that shit. Uh, <laughs> um, but it is, yeah, it's definitely much better now. Um, and yeah, I I think that there there have been hiccups, but there's also been like a lot of growth, you know. And that's that's something that I think has been accomplished by each of us individually growing, mm-hmm. you know, because I've gotten to see you. Over over the last two years, you know, like probably even four, six, how long have we known? 2017. Holy shit. Yeah. I've just, the amount of growth that I've gotten to see you do since joining this show, the amount of growth, growth I've gotten to see you do since you like becoming part of my life. Like I just, I'm, I'm super proud of you. And it's like, I don't want there to be at any point where you think that like, I'm upset that you're leaving because like, Leaving means that you're doing so much that you have to make time in other places. And that is, there's nothing I could be more happy for anybody. Yeah. It's if you're not doing shit, then you leave and fuck you. <laughs> Same Don't be like, somebody. Yeah, do everything. Uh, Burn yourself out. It's fun. <laughs> that's the Zane memoir. What was mine? Mine was yeah. always late, but yeah. still, always, on time. still on time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> this keeps happening or something was the other name. <laughs> this keeps happening. Yes. <laughs> this keeps happening. Zane's memoir. Burn yourself out. It's fun. <laughs> well, I have a question. Yeah. Amanda, tell us what is your favorite smoke break memory on or off the mic? Ooh. Oh, okay. Um Huh. Honestly, it was just like hosting, having having you guys over for dinner that like my mom is a very like hospitable person and as an adult I like having friends over for like dinner like dinner parties or something we don't do it's usually just like an alcohol party or something Mm -hmm. but having people come over that's something that I kind of started during um, quarantine with my best friend Elizabeth and her boyfriend at the time and my best friend Orissa and my boyfriend at the time and my little sister every Sunday we would like meet and each bring a dish or cook like a meal together and just hang out all day in our little bubble Um, so I felt like kind of going back into those times of having just like a really safe place that was also my apartment so it's convenient for me but then also 
I get to like have y'all in my space and like let's all like watch a movie and make some food and just kick it all day. Um, Just that feeling of community that I think that we got to develop um, while recording on the floor in my apartment, farting on pillows like we are right now. (laughs) So it's great. (laughs) You don't make the rules, Malik. All right. Yeah, too late. That that is something you say at the beginning of the episode. Uh, this is not a a late, a late That's thing. My That's my bad, y'all. Fart as you please. Um, I I did want to point out for those of you watching the video, uh, we got curly haired Amanda uh, on the show before she was gone forever, and I just I just wanted to say like if we were collecting Pokemon cards, this would be she. This is the holographic, y'all. You know, this is that holographic Charizard that you're just like. This is her final form. She's ready to fuck shit up. Go take on the Elite Eight. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited to have you. Um, just one last time. Ah, man. But what, uh, who was a guest that like you, you specifically remember having like a really good conversation with? Mm, okay. Favorite guest. Uh, or maybe even favorite conversation. Hmm. Um, I really liked having, uh, my good friend Ronnie Macaroni was on the, was on the show and that was when we were still farting on pillows on the floor. Um, but I just remember a lot of stuff that she had talked about, just things that her and I had had conversations about, but to just kind of see someone that is like a, such a loving person that has very deep and profound and wise things to say can be that way, like one-on-one, but also just like opening up in a podcast where it's with friends and with strangers and just having that same energy is something very admirable. Um, I just remember in that moment being like, God damn, I love this bitch. Like (laughs) you are you and I fucking love you. Like, it's just like that. That was such a fun episode just to see her be that part of herself with everybody, you know? I really enjoyed that episode too. I think that was one of my first episodes Mm -hmm. of memory serves. And I think I remember I was like really freaking nervous and I didn't like I was I think I was afraid to talk a little bit, um, but just the vibe that Ronnie brought into the room and obviously like y'all as well. We had been connecting a little bit up until that point. But the energy specifically that Ronnie brought in was like, oh, shit, like I'm at home with my friends mm-hmm. right now. Like we're literally just vibing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. No, I, I really enjoyed that episode as well, just because um, I had talked to her a little bit about grief and experiencing that. And that's really what made me want to talk to her and have you reach out to her is because it's somebody who does experience grief in that way, has a perspective that like we don't all don't have. And that's like my favorite thing about the smoke break is that it, I, I get to talk to people about things that maybe I can relate to, but not in the same way. And, you know, maybe somebody's experienced to more of an extent, maybe less, but, you know, just getting those perspectives so that way you can really just learn from people that maybe you've talked to a million times, but not about those things. So, um, what's, what was something that you, you really feel like you kind of walked away with from the smoke break? Hmm. Uh, free therapy. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) this shit is expensive. Um, (laughs) no, but for real, I really enjoyed going to therapy and, um, was very happy to have that in a time in my life when I had health insurance. And then I had multiple instances where, um, the insurance stopped covering me and I got bills for thousands of dollars for, uh, therapy, which made me super sad, but I couldn't afford to talk to anyone about it. (laughs) So that happened, yeah, I think two or three times. I mean, like, 
mental health debt. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> There's lots of other debt, but that's one of the like color-coded files of shit I'm never going to pay back. Uh, <laughs> mental health. <laughs> Hospital stays. <laughs> My own bullshit. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. It's drugs. <laughs> drugs on credit cards. <laughs> I actually know someone that can help you out with that. It's just a small fee of $6,000. Um, <laughs> you know, super affordable fee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, especially when um, in that golden time when we're farting on pillows back in my apartment recording there, um, I, there was weeks in my relationship where things were really not going well um, and a lot of drugs and alcohol and a lot of fighting and like sadness and wanting to cancel because I didn't want people to see me like that. But knowing it was both of you. And then it usually ended up with hopefully he would leave and go to work and we got to hang out. Or if he was there, he was in a good mood because he was drinking with us or whatever. Um, But it was like nice to have that uh, oasis. Uh, (laughs) So I think I community, um, obviously free therapy, but uh, just like having Mm -hmm. bonds uh, with friends and seeing people react to the show or, or bring stuff up that they heard in the episode is really cool. So anyone who's ever listened to the show, thank you so much because it's easy to just think that we're talking to ourselves, which is great because they're wonderful company. So I'm not mad about it. Fuck you guys if you don't listen. But <laughs> thank you very much if you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I want to I wanna say something too, just like for folks who... Um, have been with this show since like y'all started mm-hmm. episode one what two years ago now yeah so episode one was uh recorded probably about a year ago a little over a year ago so when we got made it to spotify actually january 1st was or yeah january 9th on my birthday is when i released the first one to spotify oh, yeah. So we're coming up on the anniversary is what you're saying. Okay, that's exciting. And I want to address those folks who've been there since then. Um, Obviously, it's been a lot of change since then from spaces to the quality to the host to the number of hosts. Um, So thank you all for sticking around for that long. Um, You know, allowing for things to change and for things to be fluid and not saying fuck the smoke break because it's different than what I started listening to it or watching it as. Um, And it's going to continue to change and evolve. And we have no idea where we're going to go, but it's infinite expansion. And if y'all stuck with us this long, just just stick around another 66 episodes and see what happens. Zane, I'm curious because you've obviously been on the smoke break the longest. Did you guys know that? (laughs) What? Day one, this fucking guy. Um, What have been some like lessons and fun things that you've been able to take away from doing this podcast? A lot of it is self-promotion and, you know, getting guests and um, talking to people. Um, But what are things that like you've kind of been able to take to heart or like have what kind of keeps you excited? What keeps you excited about doing the smoke break? Well done, well done. Look at that. Yeah, she's getting it. She's getting it. Now she decides to leave. <laughs> um, no, that was uh, that is a genuine, genuinely awesome question. I would say the thing that I've really enjoyed most is is being able to connect with people who I I believed I may may not be able to. You know, because I think that you know uh, I'm recently celebrating getting hired uh, to be a, uh, a recovery. And uh, yeah, mental health uh, peer. So that's that's super dope. 
Um, and I'm, I'm excited for that, but it's like, I, I think that everybody has this apprehension, uh, to talk, to open up, to share and to be able to, to meet so many different people, um, in the aspect of just being able to talk and be real with the, the same combination of, uh, the comedy and the laughing that really just balances it out. It's, uh, it's been a really just eye opening experience and, uh, yeah, I, I could not have done it without you guys. I genuinely couldn't. Uh, and even if I could have, would I have wanted to? So. <laughs> but I'm but like Malik was saying yeah like really like there is infinite expansion and I am excited to watch this this show grow in different ways because you have been a huge part of it but I believe that there are other people who can also be a part of this and be just as helpful so um, yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to that uh, we have some so keep an eye out for some guest hosts uh, coming up I think Malik's leaving he keeps putting it in the chat and I keep forgetting uh, he's leaving not he's leaving temporarily I'm not kicking him out this is where he finds out that he got fired is this my pink slip well, I thought I was doing good I've been asking so many questions I've been listening to episodes man fuck doing this. your homework y'all can leave now this is my show now this is my live stream hey everyone how y'all doing what's popping is the Malik Ray Sean show oh my god now Malik you're, you're, you're killing it um, you're definitely you're somebody who I'm, I'm super glad to have added to the show and uh, it wasn't expected to have added you to the show, but the space that you've, you've filled since then has been, has been really helpful. Um, so Malik, I, I have a question for you. What's, what's one of your favorite memories with Amanda? Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> it's really dumb that this is my favorite moment. I love it already. <laughs> Cause it's about money and like, I don't, I'm not like a money kind of guy. So that's not typically what like I want to highlight about people. But this was a moment for me where I was like, this isn't just like my co-host. Like this is someone that actually cares about my well-being. Um, I was struggling financially as I often do, <laughs> um, as we all often do. <laughs> yeah. Pew, pew. Um, and I was just like not. I wasn't in a good space, but I also wasn't in a space to like be willing to ask for support. Also not being used to having people in my circle that actually can support me in any way that is supportive. <laughs> um, and so I think I was just kind of like generally bitching about poverty. And Amanda was like, do you want some money? And I'm like, is this a trap? Like, is there a hidden camera somewhere? Like, is this a fucking social experiment? Um, but now she like sent me fucking 60 bucks, like bought some food and fucking groceries and shit. And it was like really kind. Um, and so it was much less about the money or how much money, but just the fact that you're like, my friend needs something. I have more than I need, mm -hmm. so like here you go. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that. And give you a little hug. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Ooh, headphone hug. Oh, headphone hugs. No, that's uh, that's that's really cool. What's what was the question? I asked it. Uh, what's my favorite memory? With Amanda? Favorite memory with Amanda? Ah oh, man, there's so. Tell about the time I gave you sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amanda gave me a hundred and twenty bucks. <laughs> let me sleep on her couch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when I just feel like if you're, we're all poor, we're all struggling. So anytime that I have, like you said, like a little bit more than what I need pay it forward because I know that the yeah. friends that I have in my life would do that for me too. So it's just right. community. Specifically yeah. um, in increments of 60. Yeah, that's my number, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I got 120 bucks for Amanda. Um, 
No, uh, let's see. My favorite memory with you <sighs> on the show, on the show, smoke break related. I would say it would probably be the the Zoe episode because I felt like that was like the the best flow that like we had as far as like as saying the things and and laughing you know because I I think saying the things is important I think it's relevant but I think laughing is just as important um, and I think that all being comedians that's something that we we recognize and it was it was a really good balance and uh, yeah I. I think that there's I I've gotten to go through so many clips like you guys haven't even seen all the clips that there are of the smoke break because there's just so fucking many of them. But like I, I get to go through these and just see like the goofy shit that Amanda says and the reactions. Um, yeah, just going through the clips really and just just seeing like the effect that you have on people is like, you know, being able to like grab just a chunk of time and be like, hey, that's that's how you make people feel like I enjoyed that. That's sweet. Oh, that's very sweet. Oh, heck. Uh, <laughs> Take it. <laughs> it's <Thanks. love. laughs> uh, I think um, <laughs> some of my favorite moments are like those times when things get really real and honest and people can open up on the show and talk about things that you know, maybe they can't make funny. Um, like the episode with Dolly and Trista was really like awesome mm. to see Trista open up. I remember that was like first one in the studio that stuck out to me because I feel like it got the most real on her episode. Mm. So that was really awesome. And I appreciate her um, like opening up and uh, just being like, fuck it, I'm just going to talk. Uh, and especially about something that's like, this isn't funny and I'm tired of things having to be funny. Mm. So I really love having moments like that. And then, um, you know, also when things are really tense and we're all able to laugh too. <laughs> so it's like important to not have to laugh and now everything's funny, but also like we can still bring it back in a, in a, like a loving way. Not like we're turning someone's pain into a joke, mm. but we're able to like feel it with them and then be able to move on by laughing together. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I find, <clears throat> excuse me, I find a lot of value in like laughing together specifically in mm. community, especially in creative community with people who you might be working with or on the same stage with or whatever. Cause like laughing at your pain by yourself is just kind of depressing. <laughs> um, it's fun for like 10 minutes and then it's like, okay, I should probably like take a shower or something i don't know um i imagine people that do that don't shower for some reason um but but i i found that like certain things that i have sat with and like processed in my own space thoughts that have made me anxious or depressed or angry or whatever i've been able to talk about them excuse me in the space of the smoke break with you guys and it's like comfortable it's fun we're laughing we're being genuine, like we're not trying to make fun of anything. It's just like life is kind of funny. And if you can't laugh at trauma, like it's going to be really hard for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely been something that I think we both as comedians can kind of agree that is that like when it comes to trauma and stuff like that, like if if you don't laugh, you cry. Mm -hmm. And that's we we made a decision to be like, hey, like this is something that I don't want to just cry about. and I don't want other people to, to continue to cry about. Like if I can tell my experience and help them laugh at themselves, then um I'm, I'm paying it forward. You know, I'm taking that pain and transmuting it into something. Um, so I, I wanted to ask if you could go back to one episode uh, and relive a moment, which one would it be? <sighs> Probably, um, 
the one where Zane cries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, we had Veronica on there. Uh, I really liked just how real and like loving everything got in that moment. Um, she was talking about just being there for people and not judging people. And like also how you can like see teenagers in a different light where they're not just like bad kids, um, but they're just like small humans who are becoming adults dealing with a lot of emotional stuff. Um, and just like how... I think like each of us in that room kind of felt like there was just something to learn from that amount of like love and understanding that she has for people. Um, yeah, it was really beautiful. and just was like very calm um, in the room. But like, damn, fuck yeah. I wish everyone just had that perspective, you know, Man. accepting people for who they are. I got to say that Veronica episode mm-hmm. Yo, that shit was hitting. Mm-hmm. Every single person who I've ever showed the show, that is the one episode mm-hmm. that they go listen to and then come, like, tell me about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that one and also the episode with, with Jesse that, to me, stuck out a lot. And, of course, that's probably just because those are guests that I brought on that I already have relationships with. But in that, it was, like, just the energy that they brought into the space to me is like this is what podcasting is is about just like people who have been through some shit who've seen some things who have gained perspective that just want to share that and that that one of the questions that I think Amanda asked you earlier was what keeps you excited about the smoke break and so for me that's definitely what that is hell yeah hell yeah Zane same question the same question. What was it? Turn back time. If I could turn back time, live in a moment. Um, I would say it would probably be, uh, I think it was episode 28, uh, by the way, is what I named it. It was with Scott the Second. It was uh, when, I, when I came out. And uh, that was, that was a, a really interesting episode because that was something that I struggled with for a really long time. It was something I had a hard time admitting to myself, uh, a, a harder time admitting to my friends. And uh, to be able to to have a space where I was allowed to like be myself, tell my story, um, and you know really just deal with something publicly that I had been struggling with privately, uh, it's it really meant a lot, you know. And to have somebody like you who was just so supportive and was just like, you know, I. I, I couldn't have asked for a, a better group of people in that moment when I needed uh, t- to be authentic. So, yeah, that's that one was definitely like a, a really, a really important episode for me because it it, it changed the uh, amount of realness that I was I was allowed to be because, you know, I definitely had limitations on. Oh, I'll say this. I'll say this. I struggle with this. I struggle with this. But that was the first time that I stepped outside of being like, oh, I get anxious and depressed sometimes. So how, what about you guys? I'm not sure. No, no, nobody here is half gay, right? OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's half gay. I'm actually a quarter queer. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a little gay as a oh, treat. I have a question. Yeah. Um, Zane, when you um, came out on an episode of the podcast, were you like on your way thinking about it or was it like super just unplanned? What was that like? Um, I think it was, it was at the time it was something that like I kind of just had an epiphany and I was just like, huh, this is something I've thought about. It's something I've thought about more than once. So like there's obviously something to it. Um, and so like when I realized when I when I had 
when I come out, you know, and, and, uh, like, and, and told people, uh, I, I really just, I wanted to, to take the time to speak about it because I was just like, Hey, I'm, you know, I think I posted some fucking goofy joke that was just like, Oh mom, I think I'm biracial. Ha ha. And I think I'm bisexual. And then, uh, because that's how I deal with everything still. Uh, and so to be able to, uh, just be able to talk about it and, and talk about it, talk through it, you know, with friends, because it was something that I was still sort of processing. So to be able to just kind of sit down with some people and are like, Hey, these are my experiences. Uh, you know, let me, let me share what I know with you. And, and, uh, yeah, we just kind of all built from there. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a good episode. I remember it was something that were like, we kind of were all interviewing each other, uh, during that episode. With me, you, and Scott a second. So, and Taylor, Taylor, huh? Hell yeah. Shout out to Taylor Barrett. Love you, dude. Love Taylor. He's a sweet kid. Um, Yeah, fuck. Okay. What was my, oh yeah, okay. I had this other question. I'm excited to ask both of you. So, we all do things outside of the smoke break. Uh, We're all artists. Yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all doing fun shit. I'm curious for the listeners and just because I want to know. I'm kind of jumping the gun on what you're excited for. So it's not really that, but it's sort of <laughs> like what projects outside of the Smoke Break podcast are you pouring energy into that you're like happy to to have have in your life, I guess. Sure. Yeah, what's the other project besides this one that that you guys are both doing and excited about? Sure. Um, yeah, so currently, uh, I have a song that's on the way out. I'm recording with this cat named Stains of Leisure. Follow him on Instagram. Super solid dude. Really just, uh, Stains of Leisure. Yeah. Uh, and super solid dude. Um, we're coming out with a song with Mickey XO and, uh, yeah, it's called Better Man. I'm really excited about that. I haven't put, uh, time like this into music, um, since like last year, right. When I released my EP for the first time. So, um, I'm kind of taking a, a step back, especially with my car being out, um, and just spending some more time on music. And then on top of that, Malik, Malik and I made the most fucking fire ass beat like ever like ever like that i i we walked away from that shit like we made that um so i'm i'm really excited to 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 finish writing for that because it is something that like i'm because the beat is so good i want to make sure that the lyrics are good so i'm really excited to just like start putting more into performing i uh, want to get my fucking car uh but uh yeah just music music is something that it's I feel like it helps me communicate the things I can't communicate through comedy. Yeah, Zane's music is fucking great. Check it out on Spotify. So is Malik's. All right, Malik, your turn. And check me out on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Malik Rayshon, M-A-L-I-K-R-A-Y-S-H-O-N. And this chord is really, I just noticed it. Oh, yeah. Um, Fuck, what was I going to say? Projects you're excited for outside of the smoke break. Yes. So... I well just touching on like the song that you're that you're talking about um that was a moment where we had to like surrender to what was happening that day versus like what we thought was going to happen that day similar to today and so just looking at that moment to show when you let go of your expectation and what you think is going to happen sometimes something even better mm-hmm. is going to happen mm-hmm. and that's what happened yeah now the question was what other projects do mm-hmm. I got um, I'm doing a lot of collaboration. I'm, um, I'm really trying to make my space. I mean, you can see I kind of have been doing like a little bit of soundproofing. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to turn my space into like a semi-professional, like creative space. 
And then uh, the biggest goal of mine that I'm funneling my energy into in hopes to like make this available and accessible is to get funding for the space so that I can pay people to come and make music. Um, and it's a really, really big idea. But to me, it's something that I've had for so long. And it's something that only seems to make more and more sense as time goes on. So at this point, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm building the roster. I'm writing down names. I'm writing like a whole formal invite type thing. Um, so it's, for me, of course, it's music as well. Um, and oh, that's what I was going to say. I want to, so seeing as how you, Zane, were always encouraging me to get back on stage, um, now I feel it's only right for me to be encouraging you slash bullying you just as hard <laughs> to get in the motherfucking stew. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to, to, um, really just like re reapply myself. Um, like, a, you know, like you guys were there through the car accident. So it's, it's really just having the opportunities. Um, I'm excited to do the, uh, work for outside in. Um, that's, that's working with, uh, you know, with the, the homeless, with the people affected by addiction, with people affected by mental health. Um, I think that, uh, it's, it's really just a, a really great opportunity to be able to, to, you know, reach people in the way that I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so with not being part of the smoke break anymore, I'm trying to make more room for some solo things that I've been putting off. Um, so I'm not really like moving or going anywhere, but I've been really wanting to get into music is something I love before comedy. So I would love to get into some more music, but I also would love to do um, more like comedy music, which a lot of people I don't see doing right now. But I've also like always kind of been that dorky kid. So it's another part of me that I'm like giving myself some space to explore. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to fuck around with that. I'm, like, embarrassed to be like, I want to try music because my friends are, like, really talented musicians. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, I want to try, but I'm going to be, like, dorky about it first and make it funny. And then I feel like that's, like, a nice gateway for me, though, is if I don't make it too serious, I can have fun with it. And then it helps me get over, like, the stage fright mm-hmm. aspect. And then I can actually, like, be more honest and vulnerable. So, yeah, I also am uh, inspired by your studio space that you made because I was kind of half-assed doing that when we were doing the smoke break at my apartment. Um, but me and Jordan have been talking about it, and he's like, "If you want to do it, do it." And it's just like, and he's someone that gets shit done, um, so it's nice to be like, "Okay, I keep saying I'm going to do it, but I really need to do it." And it's nice to have a partner that's like been encouraging of that as well. Um, and he gets to see the good parts of my career, not the bad ones. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, you were not around when this shit fucking sucked. You could just see me go to shows and like crush and be like, all right, later. <laughs> I'm like, you do not see me struggling hard. Uh, <laughs> so that's nice. Um, yeah, I also like having, I've, Zane knows about this, but I've been talking about this TV show idea for like a decade. Um, so, and I don't, I feel like it's one of those things I don't really want to talk about because then... I don't know. I feel like I just need to do the work instead of talk about it. Do you ever feel like that with creative mm-hmm. projects where the more you talk about it, like the less you're actually going to do it maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've talked to some people about it, but I would rather just like sit down and fucking do it and show people by like, I did it. Not like mm-hmm. I want to do it and never do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely can relate to that uh, idea of of talking about it before it's done and then not actually doing it. Um, I didn't even like, I, I'd signed up for, for school and I didn't even want to say that I did it because I knew that if I said that I did it, that I wouldn't do it. And luckily this other thing has kind of worked out, but at the same time, it's like, all right, uh, 
if I do the work and I just show the thing, then it's it's worth more value than you know fucking new music coming soon. You know, new music here is but is more uh, you know appealing, and I feel like has more of a draw than just like oh well you know eventually something might somewhere. Um, so yeah, I what about you, Malik? What's the question? Um, like with creative projects, if you like don't, so I don't like to talk about creative projects too much. I'd rather just do them because sometimes you might like feel like accomplished by just talking about it. Mm. Um, so I'm curious if that's something that affects you. Are you like keep it a secret and work on it in private and then show it to people? Or are you like talk about it and then kind of lose momentum? That's how it is for me. So the thing for me, like I struggle with finishing projects in general and I create the music that I create obviously because I love to make songs, but I also want to create a very specific conversation and then have all the nuance, all the duality, all the conflict exist in that space just for the dialogue. Um, So for me, and this, this does happen a lot where there's all this dialogue that intent that is going into the intention of a song. And then I'll show it to someone someone like Zane or, you know, some of my other rapper friends who like, we want to get in depth, like every single bar, like, what did you mean by this and that? And then at that point, once I've pretty much expressed exactly how amazing the song is and why it's like legendary or whatever, then it's like, okay, the conversation has been had next Mm -hmm. song. And I'm not even thinking about like actually finishing the song, mastering it, putting it out, promoting it, none of that. Um, so yeah, I, I do get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's something that kind of separates like artists from dreamers is like dreamers can think about it and want to do it. But an artist, like you just have to fucking do it even if you're not good at it. Cause that's the only way you're going to learn how to be good at it or do it without judging yourself is just fucking do it. So I guess I'm tired of just like dreaming about things. Because as long as you put the work into it, like you're doing it. And I think that that's something that it feels good to cancel plans. It feels good to think that you did something when you didn't do anything. But it feels even best when you fucking really roll up your sleeves and commit to the work and do something that you've wanted to do to see it actually done. Like I'm sure releasing a song is a crazy good feeling because you spent all this fucking time on it. Finally, like put it out there for people to see it. Um, So, yeah, just fucking doing the work. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely, I, I know quite a few people who uh, are extremely talented, extremely smart, uh, could fucking, you know, run the world if they wanted to, but it's 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 about doing the work, you know, because I, I like you said, that's the difference between dreamers is that like everybody has a good idea. Everybody wants to do something. Everybody, uh, you know, has, has, had, has had a cool idea, but not executed it. And I think that, you know, being able to, to execute, what's, what do you think is the thing that like helps you execute? Um, I love getting inspired. That feeling of like watching someone do something that you admire is really fucking cool. So watching people, um, <laughs> hey, watching people uh, do what, do something that you want to do, something that you love, uh, getting like those goosebumps and you think about an idea that you have. I think that uh, is really inspiring. Um, but I think it is like easy to be like, oh, that'd be cool. Well, that's too much work and like stay comfortable. So the only thing that really pulls me out of being full of shit and actually doing it is kind of being sick of my own shit. (laughs) So I have to like really want something, not do anything about it for a long time and then be like, God fucking damn it. And then (laughs) so there takes a little bit of um, 
<laughs> depression and anger, I feel like is a good motivator in a weird way. Um, cause it can keep you from doing what you want to do, but it can also be like, all right, I spent so much time not doing it and that didn't make me happy. And now I'm mad that I wasted all this fucking time thinking about it and not doing it. Mm-hmm. So what if I took that same energy and mm-hmm. put it towards just fucking trying a little bit? How does that feel? And you're like, wow, that feels great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to keep doing that. And then that becomes addicting and that becomes mm-hmm. a pattern. They're doing the thing as opposed to avoiding it. Yeah, no, I definitely think that there's like kind of like a dopamine hit that you get when you when you complete a task, when you do the thing that you uh, said you were going to do, um, being able to cross something off of a list. It seems simple, but like I've made shit ton of lists. And I think that being able to, you know, knock those things off and see that I'm getting things done, even though it may feel like I still have a lot to do and I'm not getting things done. Um, it's 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 something that's definitely been super helpful for me. So, yeah, I would say if, I, if I'm getting things done, making a list, man, it's mm-hmm. but just don't make make lists about how you should make a list and then end up making so many, so much time making lists that you never do the thing that you were going to do. Uh, but you can just put that on the list of things to do later. So, you know, I think it all works out. Yeah. For me. Oh, damn. I need to scoot up a little bit. <clears throat> the thing for me that, that I do to help me execute is I do a lot of daydreaming. Like I just spend a lot of time thinking about the thing that I am going to create visualizing it, thinking of all like the little details. I might not necessarily be hashing out all of the little details, but I'll at least be thinking about them and holding an awareness that there's certain things, there's a certain depth that I can go with this. Um, so like, for example, right now I am uh, also working on writing a show. Oh, yeah. um, so maybe we can help hold each other accountable oh, yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, accountability buddies. That's mm-hmm. another thing that's helpful. But mainly for me, just having faith in my imagination, honestly, Um, believing that if I have an idea that's persistent, it's worth pursuing. Um, And that brings me to a question that I actually wanted to ask both of you, which is um, like, what, how do I word this? What is it? fuck i don't have a question i had a question and it left me god damn it was a good fucking question (laughs) 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 all right all right um so man i usually have so many questions but i just maybe it's the improv but i guess uh yeah just think just think of a question um yeah i don't know i guess just going forward uh what do you want to see within this next year Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it is getting to the end of December. So, um, well, from the last year, I definitely learned a lot more about um, self-control and uh, addiction and that pursuing things that uh, make you feel good in the moment could be stealing a lot from what you might um, want in the future. And I think that's a hard lesson. And if you're an addict, you have to learn it a thousand times. And then you want to, like, make sure again, <laughs> just in case. Um, but <laughs> I think it's so important to take time away from things that are, like, instantly gratifying. Um, and it sucks, especially if you built an addiction to something, um, to remove that for a while. But to kind of just play with the idea that you don't always need things in that very moment to be happy or like feel good about yourself. Um, 
I don't know, I guess I'm just brain spilling a lot, but uh, through being in the uh, not great relationship with myself and with my ex, um, being able to kind of take time away. And I just remember one thing in particular when we were like, we were doing a lot of blow, we were drinking a lot and like hadn't slept in a few days. And I had a big show coming up and I was so anxious and I like couldn't stop having a panic attack, but I didn't want to go to sleep because I was like, super gacked out but I also like couldn't sleep but I didn't want to like not do the drugs I just want to like do them to like get rid of them or something it was such a weird fucking like addict brain loophole that I was in and I just like had a moment where I started crying and I was like I don't want to fade away and just like that sentence was really intense for me to say out loud but it's like that's what I felt like I was doing I was just like disappearing from existence um by choice but because I started to like get scared of doing anything other than just staying home and getting fucked up um, but yeah, just like, I don't want to fade away. I think about that a lot when I, you know, have the addict brain come in and be like, well, we can just like get a little bit of blow and stay up tonight. You clean the apartment, then you're being productive. And then it's just like, bitch, I know where this ends up. Uh, and that's, that's a tricky one for me. Every other thing I've been addicted to, I've been able to like try it and be like, oh, I'm good. Or, you know, like that doesn't serve me. Or here's like a healthy way of, you know, coping instead or with that thing like weed and alcohol. But cocaine <laughs> is a hell of a drug. Uh, has anyone heard that before? Did they tell you about it? God damn it. It's trademark it. But yeah, the amount of anxiety I felt and that fear of just like not wanting to disappear from existence. And I think that's going into this next year. It's like I don't want to fade away. I want to like shine brighter instead. Um, so take that same energy and just be like, but instead, <laughs> instead of falling in on myself, like radiate outwards a little bit, you know? Well, my friend, you're already out here shining on these people. <laughs> keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep do finding better, more exciting ways to do it. And you know you got us in your corner. Thank you. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you yeah. too. Absolutely. No, no. I think that, you know, the big part of figuring out who we want to be next year is is figuring out um who we were this last year and who we don't want to continue to be. Um, going forward, because, you know, I think there's there's a lot to be learned from the past. And if your past starts bleeding into your present, then it becomes your future. And so I think the the fact that like you've learned from these things or you've you've walked away with different lessons, I think fucking just counts for so much because, you know, it's the how many people repeat patterns, um, toxic ones and don't realize how it's affecting them, you know, or realize how it's affecting them and do it regardless. So I think, you know, it takes a lot of strength to, to, to realize that something is affecting you the way that it is. And, uh, just, you know, taking a, a stand to remove that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I definitely want to just get more healthy habits in general. I think that's a good way to be successful as like, if you're overindulging in anything, just like be able to balance that a little bit. So, uh, and I've talked about it before on the podcast, but like not drinking and exercising make me feel really good. And if I can have a healthy balance with like my life and those things, just do something for me, whether it's meditate or work out or you drink a fucking pot of tea and read a book instead of get a bottle of tequila and fucking sit on the couch. Like, <laughs> it's just something that I can do to like fill that space with something that's like nourishing me instead of taking from me. It's like something that I, uh, I hope that we all get a chance to do something sweet for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. All right, I have a question. Um, so, with everything you've learned uh, with in the last year about alcohol, what do you what role do you see that playing in the next year? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, it used to be something that was just like 
social, and then it became a crutch for us, like anxiety or stage fright, and then it was just part of my everyday, and then it was out of control, and in Chicago it was a lot, and moving back here it was a lot, and being in a bad relationship during the quarantine and the pandemic was a fucking lot, and that was the tipping point mm-hmm. when I was like, well, I can't have a problem if I'm supposed to stay home and just get fucked up, right? <laughs> no one knows how bad it is, and then you go out in the wild again, and you're like, Jesus Christ, and I'm like wishing, they're like, I wish you had another lockdown so no one could see me like this, like, ugh, bitch. <laughs> um, well, actually, when I met Jordan, I wasn't drinking. I knew I needed to take time apart from that. And he didn't drink while we were dating the first couple months, too. And that was really nice. And now we both have been like, okay, like birthdays and celebrations. But we both have had that, like, we're both getting fucking tired of it again. (laughs) So we both have been like checking in and like weaning down on it. And I was like, what if we do dry January? He's like, what if we just don't drink in December? I was like, well, I mean, Christmas is coming. (laughs) I was fucking relaxed. All right. And it's like, right. Well, what if we can get to a point where we can like, drink socially but not like bring it home because that is like something that makes it easy for me to fall in that pattern of like if it's always around I'm always going to do it but if I have to go to a show and I have like two free drinks and like yeah that's me drinking responsibly me not drinking responsibility is buying a bunch of shit and getting wasted and then be like I only get two free drinks (laughs) like (laughs) um so yeah, we also both just like smoked a joint last night instead, and we both like haven't gotten high together yet, and that was like a fun bonding experience. We were like, "This is cool. What if we just like smoke some weed and eat snacks and watch a movie and go to bed and wake up and don't feel like shit?" And we did that, and they're like, "Wow, look at us! Like, <laughs> there's healthier things we can do, you know?" So, uh, yeah, I think just keeping in that mindset of knowing uh, how it can be a tipping point for me. And that's my gateway drug is alcohol. So that's I've never gotten stoned and got a bunch of blow delivered, you know, it's an alcohol thing for me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, to just be like mindful of that. And I think things can be used in celebration, but you really have to check with yourself. It's like I'm not being social and I'm not celebrating. I'm being mm. sad and antisocial. This mm. is harmful. So, mm. yeah. yeah, definitely. No, I think that's that's a really good um, point to bring up is just like the, the making sure that the reason why you're doing it is is just as important as maybe doing it or not doing it at all. Yeah. You know, because if you're if you're coming at it or coming into it in a, in a headspace that allows you to enjoy it, then, you know, absolutely fucking do it. Um, if you're going into a headspace that's not going to allow you to enjoy it, but you do it regardless, then it's like you're you're repeatedly putting yourself in a position that, you know, isn't working for you. So, no, I think that that that's really good. Um, what about you Malik what uh, uh what role do you see uh using uh if you've like over this past year you've talked about using not using what's what role do you kind of see it playing uh in your life currently that was a great pass by the way um I have to answer the question with a short story it would be really short um I was on the phone with a friend talking about like they were going to go pick me up some weed from the dispensary. Um, And I was like on my way out of work. Uh, I work at a high school. And as I'm like on the phone with my friend, I see one of my favorite students come walking up the stairs. So just instinctually, without even thinking about it, I like put my phone down and then I'm in youth advocate mode. I was like, oh, hey, like so cool to see you. Like, how was your day? Whatever. Um and so we're talking for a second and I'm like, okay, like look back on my phone. Hey, I'm back. And then he's like, the first thing he says is like, okay, so they have like ounces for this much. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the percentage. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, oh, I'll call you back really quick. I'm with my student. And I just looked over and just the look on this kid's face, like, I didn't feel judged, but seeing myself reflected through that student's eyes was like, that's not tight. Like, I just felt really fucking, like, low down and dirty for some reason in that moment. I think I try to really keep, like, weed stuff away from work, um, at least in terms of, like, weed revolving around me. Um, And so, like, that didn't feel good. And what that tells me is even though, like, I'm making a choice to smoke despite it being like an unhealthy decision for me i'm definitely recognizing more and more that it's not just necessarily that it's not something that works for me it's also like a little bit deeper than that it's about like how do i want kids to look at me you know what do i want them to learn because the thing is like someone got an attitude with me once because I like hid my bong from a kid when they walk past and like, Oh, like be yourself everywhere. Like, I don't get why you, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't want, like, I am not weed. Mm -hmm. I am a whole person. You know, I'm a role model. I'm a mentor. I'm not the next Wiz Khalifa or fucking Mm -hmm. Cheech and Chong. Um, so just, you know, trying to, trying to find my place in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I I definitely can uh, relate to like that because it's like I used to be the type of person who would like smoke cigarettes fucking all the time and like not really care. But when I uh, became a teacher in China, uh, I remember like smoking. I would like see my students and I would always flip my cigarette up into my hand because it's just like, yeah, like I'm seeing myself through their eyes. You know, it's just like I realize that the the things that I'm doing, um, you know, and the things that people watch me do are going to be the things that they either feel comfortable recreating or not, you know, so um, definitely. Definitely, I think that, you know, for me figuring out where, uh, you know, pot fits into my life or just even using, I decided on this last 11-11 that I wasn't doing any more hard drugs. Uh, and that is only because, uh, thank you, fentanyl, you know, they, thank you. You know, I mean, there's, there's a bright side. It's not all bad. Uh, they got me to quit using all the other drugs. So, and it's mostly cause I just don't want to die off of a little bit of drugs. You know, like my only worry before was that I would overdose on cocaine, but I've never had overdose on cocaine money. So yeah, yeah. So it's like that's not something I have to worry about. Uh, and now it's like, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's like I died from a little bit of drugs. I didn't even get to enjoy this. What the fuck? So uh, you know, <laughs> quit using if you can. If you can't seek help, uh, and if you can't seek help, uh, watch the more. Do more. Yeah, Malik says do more. I say watch the smoke break. Uh, it's, it's a good show to come down to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good show to come out to. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, God, it's, I'm, we're coming, we're nearing the end of our episode, our, our last three minutes. Um, I, I just want to say that, you know, after 50 episodes, having you, um, as, as a, as a part of this, as, as much as you were, um, whether it was just like an emotional, uh, pillar that I can like balance and lean on when I need help or creatively or just all the things that you've brought to the show. I just want to say that like, I genuinely appreciate it. I don't think it would have made it this far without you. I think that it can go on now without you, but I'm definitely glad that, that I had you for the last, you know, almost 50 episodes because, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a fucking awesome ride, you know? So thank you so much. 
course. I love you. And I appreciate you saying that, too, where it's like, I think it can go on without me. And I'd love to see how much it's grown. And I'm also really grateful I could have been there through like the tough times and all the transitions and shit. (laughs) So it's been fun to be part of the ride. And I'm just really excited to see where else it's going to go. Every time I see you at that smoke break jacket, I'm going to be like, how's the smoke break going, Zane? I'll be Mm -hmm. creeping on those episodes, looking at who your guests are, listening to some shit. Uh, Yeah. And also, Dave Bertello, the owner of Haymaker, shout out, was wearing a smoke break jacket the other day. I was like, hell yeah. So he's a listener. and I love that guy. He supports everything. So it's good to be in a community with great people and see us supporting each other. And I... We'll continue to do that with you guys. Mm. And I would also like to personally thank Amanda Lindiel for um, accepting me into the co-host space. I know for Zane, it was he's in a different position where like he needs to get another host. For you, you're like, I'm already a host, and who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> um, you were very open to like meeting me and seeing if I would fit into the show. And... Uh, yeah, thanks for yeah. thanks for allowing me. Hell yeah, thanks for being awesome. Love you guys. Bye, friends. Yes, thank you so much. That has been The Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I've been your host, Joel Pazane, here with Amanda Lindio. Bye, friends. Malik Rayshon. Wow!